You are listening to the Bulls Cast with Chris Stonage and Ben Goddard, your independent Hereford FC podcast. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Bulls Cast, your independent Hereford FC podcast brought to you by the Hereford Times. Myself, Chris Stonage, is joined as per usual by the head of sports content at the Hereford Times, Ben Goddard. You all right, mate? You good? Good morning. Yeah, not too bad. I kicked you out of bed this morning, didn't I? I said, come on, record the podcast, let's get it out there. (laughs) Let the people have it. (laughs) Absolutely. And and why not? It's got to happen. It's got to happen. And yeah, that's why I am at prime energy. Ben, it's, it's, it's <laughs> yeah, definitely the down there. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna it's gonna happen. I've got to be at uni in like an hour and a half anyway, so I, I don't really mind. But um, but yeah, so it's all happy, positive vibes. We the last podcast was titled "What a Difference Two Weeks Makes." What a difference three weeks makes, Ben. Yeah, even more so. Yeah, um, three points off playoff position, game in hand. It's all looking a bit more rosy, isn't it now? Players coming back from injury, uh, more of a settled side. Yeah, it, it's uh, it's looking good. Yeah, you don't want to speak too soon. I mean, um, we've seen this league can change very quickly. All of a sudden, you can be um, scrapping for your lives again and and try and wondering where the next win's going to come from. But then, when you are in a run in this league, you kind of think anyone's beatable, apart from maybe filed. I think yeah. <laughs> they're probably uh, head and shoulders above everyone else at the moment, but you never know on their day. You never know. I mean, Fylde are only two points uh, clear at the top. They've lost two. Um, so, yeah, I mean, top at the moment, Brackley. I'd, I'd fancy Hereford to have a go at them. Chorley, Hereford have beaten. Kidderminster, I think Hereford will have a proper go at them tomorrow. Boston didn't look anything special. Not played Gateshead. And then you're into the, the playoff chasing average teams, really. Curzon, Leamington, Alfreton, Spennymore. Out of them, Spennymore is probably the best side I've seen. Um, they did do a job on Hereford. And then you, they're pretty much par with the rest of the league, really. Mm. Um, and then you've got like your Blythes at the bottom. They'll yeah. stay there. They probably won't move too far. And Bradford, um, them two will probably be scrapping for their lives with a point between them at the moment. And them two, I'm guessing Gloucester and Telford will move out of that trouble. They've got enough budget and enough backing to be able to move up the league. And we've seen three or four wins on the bounce and you're you're well clear of it all, well clear of that danger at the bottom. I don't think Blythe and to be fair to them, they've they've been scrapping for their lives the last three seasons and only COVID saved them. Um, Them two sides, Blythe and Bradford, they're they're national north sides really and um, northern premier side, sorry, really. And um, yeah, I mean, they'll be fighting back down there next season, no doubt. Um, there's a big gulf between the two leagues, and I don't think they've quite bridged, they've quite bridged the gulf in the three seasons, the two COVID hit seasons, and and this season they don't seem to have bridged it um, again. So yeah, they'll be fighting down there, but I think the rest are pretty par, apart from maybe filed. I think we'll run away with it because I think they're financially backed um, a lot heavier than everyone else. So yeah, yeah. Apart, apart from that, it's an interesting. Uh, cluster of teams or scrapping for playoffs and promotion that promote one promotion spot potentially behind filed which I think probably be the case um, yeah but it's exciting and um, there's not much in it it's going to be who hits the playoffs in form 
um, who's, who gets themselves in the playoffs because I think they'll be a scrap to get in the playoffs in the first place. Um, it's all about running form together and string of results and not getting too down when you when you you lost 1-1 in 10, not getting too down about that and just rallying and keeping the squads together and the managers together. We've seen uh, managerial casualties already this season. So, yeah, yeah uh, I think it's about stability and, and not getting too carried away too early and not getting too down either about it all. Yeah, I mean, we talk about managerial casualties, but we'll get on to the result first against Chester. Uh, Luke Haynes scored a very, very important goal uh, up at Alfreton. Uh, he scored another very important goal here, then. Yeah, great strike. Great strike. Were we winning any game? Um, he hit, rattled the crossbar before. There was probably about, uh, even first half, um, Chester looked quite lively. Um, pretty good uh, following fans from Chester. Um, quite noisy, noisy rabble. And... Uh, and yeah, they and they they did brought the game to her from the first half, probably 50-50, maybe Chester maybe just edged it. And um, but I think at the moment her uh, manager Josh Gowlin just likes to see his team in at nil-nil or or even ahead, but mainly at nil-nil at half time and then build on it in the second half. Seems to be their their way of attack at the moment is to just steady it, see what the other team have got. And then it, it, um, explore their weaknesses in the second half and then punish them in the last half an hour. Um, but they seem to come, Hereford seem to come out well at, after the break at the moment and then play probably 20 minutes of just, um, just off the pace for 20 minutes and see if the other team can live with them. And at the moment, the way they've played the last four games, teams haven't been able to live with them. Um, so I think that's the way they're going about their play at the moment with um, definitely change their, their attack, the way of attack from all out. We're going to play you off the park for 90 minutes and pass, pass around you, uh, which obviously wasn't working because the players were getting too committed forward and they were getting caught at the back. Um, individual errors, um, obviously maybe not talented enough to play that style of football. Maybe it's not suitable to National North football. Either way, it wasn't working and fair play to the board and Josh Gowlin. Um, for having talks and sorting us a way forward and a, a different way of attack that they've quickly got used to. Um, and it, it's working. So, yeah, um, Haynes at the, at the bar. Uh, there was a couple of other chances. Tom Owen Evans should have a blatant penalty. Like, there couldn't be a... Like, the player could... It could be a soul if he'd pushed him any harder. I mean, he probably forced him to the ground and referee wasn't given it. Um, and then, yeah, because and then they missed the chance. I think it was, I think maybe Zeli Ishmael missed the chance. At, um, off, just off the top of my head, I haven't read back brilliant preparation by myself. I haven't read back, back the match report. I think it was Zeli Ishmael uh, missed the chance at to double the lead to make it 2 0. And it kind of gave Chester that belief. And they're full of late goals, Chester, um, the belief that they could get a point or, or win the game. And they very nearly did. Um, very good work by the linesman and referee to spot the first one because it wasn't the goal scorer who, who was offside. It was from the initial cross. Uh, no, ball out to the winger who crossed it. So it was the initial ball and the winger that was caught offside. And then that was flagged as the Chester fans were celebrating a metre from the linesman while on the pitch. So brave linesman for sticking his flag certainly. up. Certainly. 
Definitely. disallowing the goal is that in front of a load of drunk Chester fans celebrating on the pitch. And yeah, it could have gone very ugly for that linesman. And um, yeah, moments later, um, yeah, blatant foul inside the box. I mean, he could have, the, the strike could obviously see the last Hereford defender was going to get the ball. So decided to throw him to the ground and head it in. And uh, I think everyone in the ground knew what was going to happen with that one. So that was disallowed as well. Chester probably, well, probably deserved to get beat just about. Um, yeah, and then they got beat at Geisley uh, on Tuesday night, who a very good team. Uh, good team, Geisley. We, Hereford, uh, beat them. But on another day, I think Geisley could have got a goal or two in that first half. And they missed a penalty mm-hmm. at their place uh, with the defender slipping. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and they could have quite easily got in that game on a different day. Um, so yeah, and then their managers, Bernie and um, who's the other one, Bernie and, and is it Anthony, jo- it's some Anthony Johnson, John O, John O, and Bernie and John O have uh, he got the boot, which is ridiculous, really. I mean, this end of the season, um, there's not going to be a whole load of managers who can improve them, um, stick with what you've got. I mean, Hereford board showed, showed that earlier four weeks ago, and uh, I'm kind of seeing a bit of a reward for that now. Um, showing faith in what you've got, faith in the manager, and just holding on for the ride, really. I mean, we spoke about it four weeks ago, didn't we? And we kind of mm. said, look, one team's going down. Chester aren't bad enough to go down. They'll pick up the points they needed to stay in the league. Quite clearly, they're a decent side. We, I've seen a lot better sides from Chester. Um, a lot better. I mean, when we've been there a couple of times and got a right kick in in the last two years, and they've had some really good players playing for them. Um, it's not not the best chess size, but teams don't at this level. If you, you don't get promoted because COVID hit and kind of really hit them, set them back. And then next season, maybe you, you lose your best player to a, a league side because you don't get promoted. And then it's hard to rebuild again. And sometimes it ebbs and flows. And sometimes you don't get the players or squads you want, you just got to build on that. Like Hereford have showed, lose Jamie Grimes and it's taken them till now to really get over that loss. I mean, mm. people say it's other things, but the the stats point to it is that since Christian Pierce has come in, Hereford haven't conceded a goal in four games and won all four games. <laughs> so, and I mean, that's, that's what it is. You want one or two players in this league can make a massive, massive difference. And, yeah, I, I feel sorry for Bernie and Jono because I think they're good managers. And yeah, I, I believe that in what they were doing at Chester and I thought they'd have come pretty good at the end. I mean, is their budget as big as Kidderminster's, Gloucester's, Fylde's? Probably not. So so what, what do their board exactly want from the managers? Apart from maybe a playoff push and if they're losing games by odd goals, and and consider and having two goals disallowed at Edgar Street, you know what? What else doesn't does the chairman want? It's strange to see how um, how that develops and how um, and who they get in and uh, how how good they do for the rest of the season. Be interested to see if these clubs that have lost their managers appoint someone else and it doesn't work and then get drawn into a relegation scrap. You see, Telford are still bottom after sacking their manager. They struggle to find a replacement. They're still bottom on points. Obviously, Liver only took three points above them. 
Um, Bradford are in distance as well, but they're still bottom. Um, so it'd be interesting that the one one rush of managerial sack, a rush to the blood from a board member, and they could put their club in real bother come the end of the season. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hindsight's a wonderful thing, of course it is, but it's always looking. It's all it. You you pointed to it when when Josh was under a bit of pressure. It was like just wait and it will come because there wasn't, there were signs there. They weren't getting battered 4-0 every week. They've still only conceded 15 goals in the National North. You know, it, there is still signs, you know, that, that there, there will be improvement. So, look, I, I, I wish them the best look because I, I remember watching Bernard and, and Jono at the, on the Salford documentary that they did a couple of years ago. Um, yeah. And they did seem all right. So, Yeah, they wear their heart on the sleeve. I mean, mm. the, but the players are fully behind them. Um yeah, and I thought there was a couple of comments in their post-match press interview about I think the interviewer asked them if they if the players wanted to win. I thought that was a bit below the belt. I think any player playing for them will want to win because it's driven into them every minute of the day and they kick every ball and they shout at every player. <laughs> and you either they're probably some players in the modern day won't like that and they'll leave. But the players that are there will want will give everything for them to managers and because of their managerial style, they'll find a new club, um, no doubt. I mean, they they put out some stats and their win percentage is like 50% of games. In, um, in a, and they're, and that's they're, very, um, very good at that level, isn't it? Like the, stat, the promotion stats um, and championship winning stats, I know they had Salford and they were given a lot of back in behind that, but they still got to win the games. Um, yeah, so I, I believe they'll be back in the game quite quickly. Yeah. Um, and then, well, moving on, uh, a nice local derby on Tuesday, Ben, um, yeah. for two, two Hereford sides, uh, Hereford and Westfields uh, in the County Cup. Hereford just got over the line in the end. Yeah, I mean, I said to this someone after the game, I said, how do you win these games? Because if Hereford put out a full 11 and mm. beat Westfield 6-0, what, what are you proving? What 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 is winning the County Cup? Is that a goal? Is that... Well, Josh Gowling put that on his CV in four years' time that he won the County Cup and beat Westfields. I, I don't think he will. So, it's how what what is winning these with this competition for Hereford? Um, and I think Josh Gowling's gone about it the right way. I mean, give the young lads chance. Um, one of the Ryan Price has played centre half in both games and has fantastic games. And would he have really got that opportunity? Um, for Hereford otherwise in front of a busy Edgar Street uh, only four or five hundred fans but that's probably ten times more than he'd play week in week out in front of so it's giving players opportunities and letting experienced players try and help them through the game and also giving them players minutes the ones have been sat on the bench for 90 minutes or whatever and not really got a look in just giving them minutes and letting them try and prove themselves while giving the youngsters the real opportunity to impress and and get, getting them an invite into uh, first-team training as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think Josh Cowan has gone about it the right way. Um, and I think talk, and the game was competitive and no one wants to go to a game that's over in f- for 20 minutes, 4-0. The game was really competitive and I think that's... That's the way Josh has approached it this season. And I think it's the right way to approach it. Because he also it keeps fans interested. Because like mm. they watched the likes of 
Um, Ryan McLean, Miles Story, Brandon Hall in goal, Luke Haynes. They watch them every week, but they don't get to see the youth players. They don't get to see the likes of Pavan Jai, and they haven't seen Victor Sedan much. So it's interesting for them to go and see them players play as well and given a, a chance to, to impress and, and see what they've got about them. So I think they've gone about it the right way. But I don't, like if you look at it and think, oh, it's a close game and Hereford aren't that good because they've not beat Westfield 6-0, I think it's the wrong attitude. I think it's, it's more the fact that Hereford have experimented with young players. If they'd have lost that game and Jamie Bird have taken one of his seven or eight chances... Um, then I think you'd probably still be sat here saying the same thing. You'd be looking at the youngsters and going, well, he had a good game. Maybe he's not quite ready for the step up yet. And looking at senior players and go, well, they're, they're not they're not quite ready for the first team. Maybe they should look elsewhere. That sort of thing. I, don't, I think the result is slightly irrelevant. Yeah. Um, in this, Obviously, they want to win games of football because Josh Gallon will be kicking every ball out there with them to make sure they to give his everything so they win the game of football. Because that's what he's a winner. He's a manager. He's a winner. All managers are winners. They they don't see, but they they work with eleven in front of them. You know, yeah, so if that's yeah. under 18s, it's full under 18 side. Josh Garner still want to win every ball, every header, every touch. Um, but he'll put the side out that he thinks may just win the game or just edge it. And I think that's a, the wise way to go about it. But yeah, moving on to the actual game. Uh, I think I've told me now. A lot happened since then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you, you've read the match before. I have. Yeah, I you have. Go it and I'll explain. I have. Uh, yeah. So, um, it's, it looked like Hereford had, had a pretty positive start to the game and then uh, and took the lead through an own goal from uh, from Jamie Bird. Yeah. Jamie Bird was given everything. He was like hitting shots from, we've seen him flying at Edgar Street from 30 yards. Mm. And, um, yeah, maybe if he had p- passed and played a couple, I think that's probably how they'll look at improving Jamie Bird is he's trying to make him play more passes and maybe going for the odd shot every now and then, but not all the time. And he was going for a lot of shots from a lot of different angles and a lot of different ranges. Um, and then he <laughs> absolute um, golden header. And he wrote, I don't know how he got up so high. He must have been seven foot off the, off the floor. He was... <laughs> Towering header from Jamie Burns and, bu- and bullet header into the back of his own net. I don't know how he did it. Yeah. <laughs> just crazy, isn't it? <laughs> but then I mean, it's, it's all written in the stars, isn't it? Like <laughs> this this sort of thing. If it had happened at the other end, Phil Glover would have been on about it for months about that Jamie Bird header at Edgar Street. But unfortunately, it happened in the wrong, wrong end of the pitch. And I think. Jamie Bird, you'll hear him in a minute, but he came out and did a really good interview, actually. Um, I did ask him for an interview. He was like, oh, you're kidding, aren't you? Yeah. <laughs> he conceded own goal and not failing to hit the net himself. And um, But, you know, he went into the changing room and um, had his team talking and came back out. And nice, nice lad, Jamie Bird. A lot of time for him. And uh, I hope he does well at uh, Westfield. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, you said uh, that Hereford fans don't often get to see uh, a player like Victor Sedend. Um, he's certainly put his name in the hat, hasn't he? Yeah, for me, the best you'll hear on the interview with Josh um, that I did, um, the best bit of quality from the game, to be honest. Uh, backs against the walls for, for the Hereford youngsters. Uh, Westfields are really piling on. Um, Dan Snowman was causing havoc down the wing. Jamie Bird was just kicking everything on sight towards the goal. 
Um, they really had they really had to stand tall for half an hour probably, and then um, and you kind of thought, oh, Westfield's going to get this equaliser, it's coming, and then straight up the other end, Victor kind of ran at three players and then smashed it into the bottom corner, and that was really game over. Then Hover started making the changes, and that yeah was game over. Um, best bit best bit of individual quality on the night for me. Um, so yeah, Victor's hopefully coming good. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised seeing more often. Um, if um, I think they'll start with Janai Gordon in the FA Trophy because uh, he's not top cup tied. Uh, I spoke to Josh last night. He's not cup tied, so he sat on the bench for Stratford. And if he'd played, he'd have been cup tied, but he's not. So that's positive news. Um, and so, but yeah, I imagine Victor Sedan will get more than his fair share of opportunities in this next running over Christmas um, to, to to find some goals. And I think he might do. I think he's, he's kind of got that. Um, I spoke to Josh last week and I mentioned about Janai putting pressure on Victor Sedend and Pavanjai. And, um, and he said that it's really put a rocket up Victor and that he um, he's really come on since... Um, Janai Gordon's been introduced because he sees there's now a, a striker who's going to keep him out of the team, maybe permanently, and mm-hmm. rob him of the chance that he wanted at Agu Street. So um, he's really upped his training, and apparently he's been excellent in training since Janai's came in, and he's, he's really helped him. Um, so hopefully you'd have two two decent forwards on form in uh, in the coming weeks for Hereford. And um, the second goal was probably the best bit of quality in the match, actually. Victor, um, Victor getting on, catching him on the break and, and tearing him really open. Yeah, I was actually shouting at him to pass it to him. So <laughs> 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 had one on Saturday, didn't he? He didn't pass it and he went out for a corner. So I was, having a, I was uh, screaming at him, but he put it in the back of the net, so I showed up pretty quick. So <laughs> but yeah, you know, Vic's got that quality, he's, he's got that pace and, you know, we want to see it more. I think that's the big thing with Vic. Um, sometimes he tries to be neat and tidy and when really he can just push it and just go past people because he's big, strong, he's got that power as well and he's got that pace. So and it was a great finish. So I'm really pleased for him. That's exactly the reaction you want from a young player, isn't it? You don't want him to down tools and, and be like, oh, well, I'm not going to play and get sent back. Like, no, he's got his head down and he might go and earn his chance, which is which is really good to see, isn't it? Yeah, it'd have been easy for him to drop down the levels. Obviously, he's signed for on non, I think non-contract terms. Mm. Um, so if he wanted to go and play step three or step four of non-league and play a week in week out, he probably could right now um, with his past and um, his coaching and where he's been and what he's done um, as a youth player. A lot of clubs at the the level below or the level below that would would come in for him and and quite gratefully have. I've been playing for them, but he, he's he's still intent on chasing the football league goal dream, and um, with Hereford, and yeah, hopefully Hereford can see some reward and see what he's he's made of in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then Westfield's got a goal back, Ben. Good, yeah, good, very very good to see, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was coming. It was coming. They well, they deserve their goal. Um, ball into the box. Hereford made a lot of changes. There was a lot of young players on the pitch and there was a lot of experienced players, uh, Westfield players, sort of Dan Stomans, Richard Greaves, Jamie Bird, that were still giving everything to get back into the game. And um, Stone ball into the box, failed to, uh, 
failed to be dealt with and it fell to the young lad. I forgot his name. You probably... Harrison Summers, wasn't it? No, no, it wasn't. It was, um, I got it wrong. You got it wrong in the match report, Ben. And and the one online, I did. I'm not in the paper. I changed it for the paper. (laughs) Uh, It was, here you go, Sean Powell. That would be uh, a disservice to young Sean Powell if I didn't credit him with the goal. I'll change that online now. But I did, I did change it for the paper on, uh, on Wednesday morning. And uh, so, yeah, Sean Powell with the uh, lad from, young lad from Bilf who's uh, trying to force his way into senior football and doing very well. I've seen him a couple of times and he's a good young player, Sean Powell. So it's good to see him get that goal at Edgar Street. Um, and then Westfield threw everything forward and and the young Hereford back line had to really stand tall. And um, I think Ryan Price uh, led kind of young in stature, uh, small in stature, Ryan Price. Uh, he's, he's one of the only ones he, he acts like he's proper footballer. He got his, Shirt tucked into his his uh, shorts, uh, his smart footballer, and he just reads the game really well. Uh, it always seems to be in the right place. He had a hell of a night of it with Jamie Bird trying to barge him around the pitch, and a couple of other senior players targeting him, uh, trying to force him into errors. So yeah, but um, he he did an ex- excellent game, Ryan Price, and he helped uh, West Hereford see out. So uh, into next round where they could play. Here, wait for it. <laughs> Hartbury University will probably be that. Hartbury University or Pegasus are probably the toughest. They're probably on level with each other, on par. So they're both, well, Hartbury Uni playing the Herefordshire Prem, but they're, they're above that. They're winning 6-0 every week. Um, and then Pegasus are in step four, uh, six of non-league. So... But they they did play Hereford uh, in a closed doors um, game not long ago, Pegasus, and I think Hereford won two nil. Uh, so yeah, so either of them two, or this would be the absolute nightmare tie for most people, apart from them clubs, would be Shopton or Clee Hill away. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Shopton and Clee Hill who play on the fourth of December, they'll be hoping for a dream tie at Egg Street, mm. but. I think mean, secretly they'd quite like to get the players from Edgar Street down to Shobden or Clee Hill for the <laughs> game on a Tuesday night. No stand. I don't I'm pretty sure there's no stand either of them. So we're standing up and uh standing around the pitch and yeah, it'd be an interesting evening, wouldn't it, at Shobden or Clee Hill on lots of different levels. I mean, the usual press pack at Hereford might struggle, including myself. Mm-hmm. No uh maybe deck chairs out like it yeah, was in the, years ago in the mud and in the yeah oh no yeah I've been at bike races before where I've sat on a deck chair in the snow and been typing my uh, race report <laughs> in the deck chair in the middle of a park in Bradford it's true <laughs> to be fair in the snow so yeah I mean um, it is possible so yeah maybe my big deck chairs in the snow <laughs> the, the glamour of covering football in the non-league that's what it is um but yeah um so you'll hear from uh, from phil glover now uh, as well uh, the westfields manager um happy with the lads work rate um and then the way we went about things um it's a little bit sloppy uh, especially first half it needs to be tidier um but yeah the lads give a good count of themselves um if it was sharp um and yeah i thought Another day we could have a couple of penalties. Um, 
I think the first one definitely, and the second one, um, I think Corley's gone through, and I think the one lad's got the ball, but the other ones took him out. So um, I think even even Eric Bench is, is flabbergasted why that was what been given, really. So a bit frustrating on that, but, um, but yeah, overall happy with, with the performance, but um, there's still more to come from us as well, which is, um, which is pleasing, really. Right. Uh, so, Ben, moving forward, looking forward, uh, Kidderminster is on Saturday, the FA Trophy. We've made allusions to it in the previous two podcasts. Um, how, how are you feeling? You feeling positive going into it? Uh, yes. Yeah, probably less positive than I was going into the Chester game. Um, Kidderminster, a very good team. Um, consistently good this season. Um, so, hopefully, we'll have to be on it. They'll have probably have to play their the best ninety minute performance that we've seen this season to beat Kiddy, I think, because um, I think they'll have to play their defensive like they've done the last four games, but also hit Kidderminster hard on the break as well. Um, it's going to be a very exciting game to watch. Um, I'm not really sure which way it's going to go. Um, the the journalist in me, impartial journalist that doesn't watch everybody week in week out would probably say that Kidderminster will just edge it. Uh, but knowing what Josh Carroll is like and his desire to get back to Wembley and win this trophy, yeah, I mean, that may push Hereford over the line on Saturday. It might give them that that little bit extra. Because Kidderminster was still in the FA Cup, which probably got a little bit extra priority for them next week, next Sunday, a week on Sunday. They're, in the, they're playing Halifax in the FA Cup. Chance to get into the third round. So it's obviously a huge game for them next Sunday. And that, although you tell players to play each game on individually, not to worry about the next week, that game is massive for players. Televised game. Do not want to pick up red card at Edgar Street. Do not want to pick up injuries at Edgar Street out of that game. The possibility of getting you, your Liverpool or your Man United in the third round. I'm sure they come in the third round. They pick up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so... Massive opportunity for them next Sunday. So I think them two factors, Hereford's desire to get back to Wembley in the FA Trophy and that FA Cup tie coming up for Kidderminster may swing it in Hereford's favour on Saturday. Yeah, definitely. Well, looking at the odds, Ben, 150 to 1, Hereford, do I see on uh, the, the odds to win this trophy? Yeah, put your pound on. 100%? What, why not? Why not? Like they, they have not taken into fact Josh Gowlin, his mentality and his desire to get put that wrong, that Wembley defeat right again. He said last uh, in the interview on Tuesday night that um, he, well, they went there with Grimsby um, and he missed the game and they lost. And the next year they were all so pumped to get there again and win and they did. Um, and he says that's what he wants to do with Hereford this season. The players are pumped to get to Wembley again. They've had that experience, but they want their trophy. And Josh Gowling wants to win that trophy. Um, so, yeah, 150 to 1. That is massive odds. Um, nice. Considering they're a team that's pushed Soliol all the way in the FA Cup, only losing by a single goal. Um, so, yeah. The only you you've got to avoid your sort of your Stockport Mansfields away. I think that that would be the the most difficult thing. If you play any of them real top 
they kind of avoided the real big guns last season because, I mean, the, Nash- the whole season was an absolute farce and the National League clubs were playing Saturday, Tuesdays, sometimes Thursdays, and they, they had a stack of games and kind of, kind of ca- capitalised on that a little bit and played them. I wouldn't say they're weaker, but they, they had other priorities than National League clubs um, mm. at that time. So it's going to be, I think, harder than last season. But I think Hereford are a much better squad than last season so, as a whole. So it's not it's not beyond them to go and beat a, like a Mansfield or Stockport. It's not beyond them at all. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be, hopefully, they get through Kitty and then see what happens next. Yeah, definitely. Um, and now on to why my favourite segment of the week is the fantasy, fantasy football. Um, and it's even more my favourite because I'm back in the top 20, Ben. I had a bit of a, a down few weeks, but I'm up to, to 19th and you're sitting firmly in your spot in 55th. You haven't moved. Oh, brilliant. I haven't looked at it. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's not bad at all. For some, not, I'm not looking at it. 50 points last week, mate. That's uh, not bad, is it? I was, ever since I got Mo Salah in the team, I've just let him look at, let, it, let him control it. I might as well give Salah my login details. <laughs> give him a look in details. He can change it round for me and pick himself as captain every week. Don't mind, Mo. If you want to do that, let, get in touch. Hundred <laughs> percent. Um, I, I play my wild card this week, Ben, which means basically you can change your entire team. And uh, I, I did so because I, I, I was getting more and more frustrated with my boys. However. Reese James, Ben Chilwell both picked up assists. Alexander Arnold got two assists. Mo Salah scored and got an assist. And yeah, Ben Foster only conceded one to Man United. So um, that was very, very funny indeed. Uh, so so yeah, it's all it's all good stuff. Uh, looking at the top of that league, uh, finding Timo's finally been displaced, um, and Boxy's Barmy Army got ninety two points last week. Um, and yeah, very very decent. So. Um, yeah, good luck to, to all of those. And hopefully, you know, you can, can continue rising up the fantasy league tables. Yeah, I'll, I'll stick with my 50th. I'm happy with that. <laughs> me. If I start plummeting, then I'll um, I'll re reevaluate my fantasy league. But until that point, I'll just leave it to Mo to sort it out. <laughs> Absolutely. It's got to happen, mate. It's got to happen. Anyway, thank you very much for listening to another episode of Bulls Cast. We do hope you did enjoy it. If you did, make sure to uh, listen to the rest of them because it's all good fun. We, are, we do have a bit of fun here, don't we, Ben? It's, it's all great laugh. Yeah, share um, the pod and, uh, and then hopefully some exciting features and bits and bobs coming. So set on any topics you want us to discuss on the podcast, you can email me, sportaherofthetimes.com. You can message us on Twitter, Facebook, Wherever really, I'm at Ben Goddard HT, and you're at at Chris Stonage with with a D, and not it's not Stone Age, it's not Stone Age. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, we're on episode 18, by the way, Ben. How fast has that gone? Yeah, That's mad, isn't it? Weeks roll on in the football world, don't they? Never they stops. Do. There's always something to talk about in the life of Hereford FC, isn't there? And Certainly. if you go back, you'll probably laugh at some of the topics we were talking about and some of the opinions we gave we, that time. We were saying that Hereford's attack was the was the uh, the best part of it, and 13 goals later in the National League, um, <laughs> we move on. But yeah, um, make sure we go check them all out. Make sure to follow us both on Twitter and listen to Bullscast and listen to the rest of them. And we'll catch you in the next episode. See you later. <laughs>